Hey everybody, it's Dan. Welcome or welcome back to the Bridge Church Podcast. Please, at the end of this podcast, take a moment to subscribe to our YouTube channel. Head over to thebridgelive.org and find access to all of our church information. Plus, it's the easiest way to share content with a friend and keep up with everything going on around here at the Bridge Church. But most importantly, I hope you find the following presentation inspires you to take your next step in your faith journey, getting from where you are to where you want to be. Cross that bridge. Enjoy. All right. Uh, good morning again, everybody. Welcome to everybody on the stream this morning. Thanks for joining us here in Harriman. It is the Bridge Church. It is week six of Identity in Jesus. Has this series blessed anybody in any manner? There are handouts. There are um, three-ring binders for our guests over there. You can keep those and, and just keep the handouts. Uh, all the handouts, I believe, for the whole series are over there. All the videos are either iTunes or on YouTube. You can watch them. Uh, that will explain this. For those of us who have been with us the whole series, you understand this. I'll go through this in a second, okay? Uh, your personal identity, Okay. It is crowded right here, so I'm going to fix this. Is that all right? Yes. Just feel a little claustrophobic. In a glass box of emotion. Okay, so your personal identity is what we've been talking about for six weeks. And, and if, we, if we defined ourselves, it's, it's a defined identity, it would be how we see ourselves, right? When you look in the mirror, who, who do you see, right? And, and usually, our identity is shaped by early experiences in life, right? Maybe when you're children or older or even adults, a lot of times people sow things into us that are tendencies, right? And we tend to follow those things. Like, for example, if you're an athlete and you're playing sports in high school, and all your coaches, all your teachers, even family members said, why can't you be more like your brother? Why can't you be faster? Why can't you be bigger? Why can't you do all these things? All those things are tendencies that are sewn into a young person that they listen to, and they become part of who they are. Even as adults, right? You go through a job, or a job uh, you know, year-end review, for example, and they tell you how much of a screw-up you are and how much you need to be better. It's like you, you finish, okay, I'm going down a rabbit trail, it's never mind. Okay, so well, well, I just did that, and all right, we finished our score as a team, as my team at my work, we finished with a 97% score. That's in property management, that's pretty stinking good. That's turns, that's turning over units, that's taking care of the grounds, it's doing all this stuff. We scored a 97%, and the area manager looks me in the face and says, you can do better. I'm like, 3% better? Have a little grace, maybe. But anyway, these are tendencies that we tend to do, these, uh, these things that are sewn into us by adults, by teachers, pastors. Maybe you were brought up the wrong way. Maybe you were taught a doctrine that was incorrect. We're going to talk about that. These tendencies will lead to actions, things that you do because somebody sewed something stupid into you, right? Maybe it's an addiction. Maybe it's uh, alcohol. Maybe it's pornography. Maybe it's whatever somebody showed you being funny leads to an action, which could be a, an addiction, which leads to a consequence, 
you take those actions from these tendencies and they equal consequences in a messed up marriage now because of something somebody did being cute, right? Consequences lead to reality, which we all complain about. My life sucks. It's over. It just it's, it all goes back to my childhood, right? <laughs> Started right here, but it all circles around. And because of this reality from these tendencies, it starts again. And it gets worse and worse and worse. Your identity, now if this is a biblical, if you were brought up in the church and brought up right, this is a beautiful process. We would put you in the normal category. <laughs> not psychotic, not ready to kill anybody. You're welcome here at our church, okay? <laughs> so this happens in your life whether you like it or not. It's part of the deal. Part of being on this planet. I think we're all on this planet. Let me check. Yep, we're all here. Okay, so that's good. Your identity is important because you live who you believe you are. If you believe you're a failure, guess what? I'm never going to do nothing right. I can't this. I can't that. Do-do-do-do, right? That's, that's, you live who you are. And if this identity from a childhood is messed up and this, ten, this cycle is operating like a toilet flushing, you're, you're in trouble. And there's only one thing that we can do to change that is to start here with new tendencies. Right? But I always, when I was a children's pastor, I always thought it was great to teach children because they don't know anything. They're, they're just like sponges. What? But then you start teaching adults, and now the adults got to unlearn all this stuff that they learned growing up, whether they were denominational or whatever. And so new things in them produce new actions, better consequences, and a new reality. Right? That whole thing, the week uh, three that I think we did this, uh, we, we put scriptures to each one of these, and it starts with Romans 12, 1 and 2, right? Renewing your mind right. to the Word, right? It will get you a new reality. But here's, here's how this works. I was reading this story this week about a high school science teacher back in the 70s brought in a hypnotist, okay? Brought a hypnotist into the class, chose two boys, two girls, and, and told one of the boys he's going to be a dog, told the other boy he's going to be a monkey, told one of the girls she's going to be a chicken, and the other girl that she's going to be a turkey. And he goes, five, four, three, two, one, bam! And all of a sudden, <laughs> one of the boys is like this, and the other boy's on his four legs running around like a dog barking. Actually saw that in a connect group once. Some weird girl. Right? And, and the girls, one of the girls is over here trying to lay an egg, and the other one's, you know, gobble, 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 gobble. And the, the class is out of their mind. They're just hysterical, laughing, right? And then he goes, five, four, three, two, one, and claps his hands, and they snap out of it. And by this time, the whole class is just hysterical. And they're like, what happened? I don't know what happened. He's like, you were hypnotized, and you were acting like a dog. Well, that's, that's this in action, right? They were hypnotized. They were, were acting like a dog, and it was hysterical and funny because that's not who they are. That's not who, get ready, God designed them to be. They're a person, not a dog, not a chicken, can't lay eggs. You know, it'd be convenient, right? <laughs> but here's the thing. That's not who God designed them to be. 
And a lot of times, this that we all sport and everybody online, this is messed up from the beginning. And nobody has any idea what's going on. We're acting like dogs and chickens when really we're, we're, we're God's redeemed people. You know? And, and it's, it, it turns out so many times in counseling, it, it ends up being a parent, an aunt, an uncle. Church we came from in California, a lot of aunts and uncles and grandmas raising children, right? And this is messed up. And this creates everything. We got dogs and chickens and turkeys and monkeys everywhere on the planet because nobody knows who their identity is. Are you with me? So I want to change. I want to, I want to show you something that the church has done, okay? This is, a, um, this is something I'm sure we've all heard, uh, especially if you've been in church any amount of time, that has messed up people, okay? You ready? This... This little phrase right here. Everybody heard that? I'm just a sinner saved by grace. I'm just an old sinner. Right? And if you're from the South, I'm just a sinner. Right? Saved by grace. This is, is absolutely backwards. Okay, so listen to what I'm going to tell you because it's, it's very, very important that you understand this phrase and how it's messed you up. Because what happens is we're a sinner saved by grace. If we're, if we're, that's our identity as people, okay, our first tendency is going to be what? Sin. Sin, right? Root word in sinner, this is deep, get ready, sin. Right? Okay? Are you with me? So your tendency, if your mindset and your identity, sinner saved by grace, your tendency is sin, which is going to lead to sinful actions, which are going to produce consequences like divorce or alcoholism or whatever, and your reality is misery. Aren't you glad you came to church today? Just so encouraged right now. Right? Do you see where I'm going with this? This is been a problem in the church for a very, very long time. If you see yourself as a sinner saved by grace, your tendency is to sin, okay? Now, kind of important that you need to know, I am who I believe I am, okay? Grace preachers, this one included, right? We have this grace in here that a popular thing, especially lately, is that this grace is, uh, you've heard it before, a license to sin, right? You've heard it. Now, if grace is a license to sin, then we're automatically sinners, all of us, okay? So keep your identity square because in, it, grace teaches us, God's grace, accurate grace, teaches us and leads us to righteousness. It says in Titus chapter 2, verse 11, for the grace of, it's the grace of God that brings salvation. And we struggle with this, right? I get this question a lot in counseling. Why do I have to struggle so much with sin? Why is it so hard to break free from, know what it is? It's a mindset that you're a sinner saved by grace. 
The mindset of a sinner saved by grace produces tendencies of sin, which leads to actions, consequences, and a reality that I'm just a sinner. I was born this way. I'm, I'm just, my dad did it. I do it. My brothers do it. We all do it. Mindset is sin. Produces sin. Actions, consequences, and reality are all sin. You just have to have a mindset to know who you are, right? In this six weeks series that we've done, we've tried to put truth in the circle to help you understand your identity. Because if you don't have truth in the circle, everything on the outside of the circle is messed up. Your life is messed up because of the identity that you think you have. Just like the songs we sang this morning, the video that we just watched, you cannot look at your neighbor and say, you cannot be defined by your past. Because if your identity is in your past, all the outside of the circle is messed up. It's a, it's a hot mess. It's a, it's a total circle of mess. And we end up giving ourselves permission to sin because we have the mindset that we're a sinner. Are you with me? Okay, listen to this carefully, right? Number one on your handout there, grace does not make people sin. Grace leads us to righteousness. Okay, grace does not make people sin. We say yes to righteousness. Now, in the New Testament, okay, we're going to stick with the Bible. Is that okay? Can we stick with the Bible and Jesus? Is that safe? No, 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 nothing else. If we looked at the New Testament, okay, Matthew to Revelation only, right, we see believers in all of those, even in the Gospels, except for Jesus, we see believers in there lying, cheating, denying Christ, gossiping, having adultery, all these things. We see, we see uh, believers people who are following Jesus doing this, right? Lack of faith, all this stuff, right? Not once, never does the Bible call those people sinners. If they're following Christ, they are called believers. Not once are they called sinners, ever, okay? In the New Testament, uh, believers are called saints, holy ones, or righteous ones, over 240 times, only in the New Testament. Never is a believer called a sinner. Ever. Say ever. ever. Okay? Believer, unbelievers are called sinners. Okay, catch this. Unbelievers are called sinners over 330 times. Unbelievers are sinners. Okay? Are you with me? This is, this is important, right? If you are in Christ, right? If you are in Christ, anybody in Christ, are you a believer? There is no possible way you can be a sinner saved by grace. That is a one-time thing that happens. What happens, I mean, we're going to get in the head here, is that you are a sinner saved by grace until you say yes to Jesus, then you are a saint. There is no going back. There is no backpedaling. There is no, well, I guess you could deny. But once you're saved by, by grace, you are no longer a sinner. 
You are, say it with me, a saint. Look at your neighbor and say, you look like a saint. <laughs> so let's clearly define this. Let's bounce back. <laughs> Bless you, my child. <laughs> let's look back at Romans chapter 5. Remember, way back week 1, we talked about this. In verse 19, look what it says. It says, by one man's disobedience, many, say many, were made sinners. One man's disobedience, talking about Adam, right? So remember, we are born into this world with a dead nature. That's it. You dead, right? Okay, and then it says, so also by one man's obedience, many will be made righteous. Jesus' obedience, we are made righteous. Say, I am righteous. And I am a saint. Doesn't matter what I look like. Look at your neighbor. Doesn't matter what you look like. You're a saint. All right. You got it. See that? The normal Christian life is to walk in holiness. But I don't feel holy. Well, you don't look holy either. You may not even sound holy. But you are because that verse says by one man's righteousness you could even be carrying a chair down the steps this morning and hit the wall but you know what still righteous still holy might even be on his way to heaven right now but he's righteous and he's holy, and he's a blessing to my life, right? If you think you're a sinner saved by grace after you have uh, uh, produced Jesus in your heart, that's not even biblical. And people cannot, should not, and are not allowed to tell you you are because there's pulpits all over this country preaching you're a sinner, even after you're saved, which isn't even biblical. Because never in the Bible have believers been called sinners, ever. It's not even true, right? Even the song, right? Everybody, Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that yeah. saved a wretch like me. I'm going to be a wretch. That's, who knows what that even is, Right? I'm a wretch. So we go through our life, even after we're saved, I'm just a wretch. Pastor, you won't believe what happened this week. I'm totally a wretch. I'm like, what the heck is a wretch? I don't even know what that is. But that's who you are. And what happens? I'm a wretch. So my tendencies are doing what a wretch does, being mean, loud, obnoxious, whatever that is, which leads to actions, consequences. And my reality is, guess what? I'm a wretch. I don't even know what that is. But I am one. Because the pastor said so. It's like, how about we stop listening and start reading? Because God says that I am holy and righteous, set apart and sanctified. <laughs> so here's what happens is we think less of ourselves. We think we're elevating Christ by thinking less of ourselves. Oh, Jesus. right? And that's not even biblical. We elevate Christ by 
producing with our lips and our mouth that he, what he has done is enough. Right? We have to get that in our mindset from the beginning that what Jesus did is enough. Right? Are you with me? Okay? So think about this. In, in 1 Corinthians, or 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, that's our text verse for this whole series. Right? Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. You know what the root word of creation is? It's real tough. Create. Right? And remember our definition from last week of create, to make something out of nothing used exclusively in the Bible of God's activity in Scripture. It's never a person's work. It's strictly God's doing. Only He can do this. Only He can create your spirit new. Remember, you're born again, right? So he says, uh, all things have passed away. We should leave them there. And behold, all things become new. All things are new. Look at your neighbor. Say, you look new. Right? Number two on your handout, if you are in Christ, this is important. If you are in Christ, I'm not a sinner saved by grace. I'm not a sinner saved by grace. I'm a saint who sometimes sins. I'm a saint who sometimes sins. Okay? What comes to your mind when you think of a saint? Right? You grew up Catholic like me. They were statues. There were stained glass windows. And everybody on the windows, nobody looked happy. They're all laying down, bleeding out, got knives in their back and stuff. It's like, who wants to do that? Doesn't look like fun. Right? Or we think about, you know, if you grew, grew up in denominational church, there's a 73-year-old woman, you know, who's served in the nursery for 47 years. And she walks to the front and sits down. There's a glow, right? All the saints on the windows have the glow around their heads. They're, like, special. Here's the problem with that mentality, is that that mentality is based on works, not on Jesus. So we kind of take that, that works mentality and think, ooh, i got to do this to be good. Otherwise, I'm not going to reach sainthood and with St. Saint Peter and St. Paul, St. Anne's. That's where I went to school, right? Years of parochial school at St. Anne's. Where do you go? I go to St. Anne's. It's like, why can't it just be Anne's, right? And then I moved to another city. It was presentation. It's like, why has there got to be a saint? We're all saints. You never see any nice young saints. They've got to be 900 years old with 500 years of experience. But that's works-based mentality. Do you get it? You're not a saint because of what you do. You're a saint because of what he did. Amen. And that's the mentality we got to have right here, right? So if we take this and we, we take this mentality out, right, and we say that we're a saint, right, let's just do that, that sometimes sins, what's going to happen if we have a mentality of a saint. We're going to do saintly tendencies, right? We're going to be good to people. We're going to walk in love. We're going to give. We're going to serve. Yeah. Are those tendencies that would a saint would do, yeah. right? Okay, and that's going to produce actions, right? We're going to show up early. We're going to leave late. We're going to, we're going to do whatever we got to do to make sure people get saved, right? right? 
come on, you guys, you got to get with this program here, which leads to consequences. More people getting saved, society looking better. The reality is that we don't have to worry about everybody's lives mattering because everybody's lives will matter if the reality is we walk in love. Okay? So it all starts with you and your mind. Get control of your mind. You get control of your life. And it leads to the circle of life continuing biblically, not by works. Amen, Pastor. That was a good point. You should say that again sometime. So turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 1, and uh, let's look at what Paul said to these people. This, this church was a hot mess, right? This church of Corinth. Um, I, I want to read this, these first three verses to you. And I want to also point out to you that this letter, this is actually Paul's second letter, 1 Corinthians is Paul's second letter in response to 10 issues that this church had, 10 problems after he planted this church, this church is in trouble. Let me just run through them, okay? He had a, a sectarian spirit, which means, you know, they were clicky. Oh, you can't be in our group. You're, you're wearing a gray shirt today. It's pink shirt day, right? You, you, can't, you can't be in my clique, right? Been in that church, right? You're not good. No, you can't come here. You're, you're, you, know, you don't have a title. Whatever, right? So they had a, that spirit working. They had incest in church. That's fun, right? Lawsuits, fornication, marriage and divorce, eating foods offered to idols, wearing the veil, the Lord's Supper, get some temple prostitutes involved in that. That's fun, right? And then the resurrection of the body. First Corinthians, which is really Paul's second letter, he's, he's confronting these issues, right? Are you with me? So first Corinthians, second Corinthians, second Corinthians, actually third Corinthians, but it's second. I don't know. They can't count. But anyway, what happens is these letters are full of correction, right? And listen to the first three verses of the first letter of Corinthians. Listen to how Paul addresses these people. Okay, are you ready? Paul called to be an apostle of Jesus Christ through the will of God and Sosthenes, my our brother. Listen carefully. To the church of God, which is at Corinth, to those who are sanctified, set apart, right? Remember who these people are and what they're doing. It's like X-rated church right here, who are sanctified, in Christ Jesus, even though they're doing these 10 stupid things, they're still in Jesus. There's nothing you can do to get you out of Jesus. Called to be, say it, saints. They are called to be saints. Should I run through the list of 10 again? Maybe you missed it, right? The incest, the marriage thing, the rest, right? They're called to be saints with all who in every place call on the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, both theirs and ours. In Christ. And the list of stuff that they have messed up is amazing. But yet, they're in Christ. Called saints. And then the whole letter is about teaching them how to walk as saints. Listen, you're a saint but maybe, you know, uh, you don't know how to be a saint. That's what this is all about right here. That's what the gathering is all about. That's what Bridge to Hope is all about. 
learning how to be sanctified and set apart. It's called discipleship. Learning how to be a saint, right? If I was, uh, uh, you know, when I was doing construction, I just didn't show up one day and go, okay, I'm here, I'm a construction guy, I'm going to frame this house. You know what's going to happen? That house is going to fall over, sucker, because it's a mess. I don't know how. You have to learn how, right? That's why we're here. That's why we worship like that. That's why we listen to interpretation, and we are discipled by people who have been down our road and can help us. Is that okay? You all right? Right? So let's talk about this word sanctified in the biblical sense, Greek word hagiazo. Okay? It has a rich, rich history in the Old Testament. Right? And it's set apart. Listen, taking something ordinary or even profane and purifying it and setting it apart for the express purpose of being used by God. Let me rephrase that as used by God. Not sitting in a chair watching sports. Used by God. Who wants to be used by God? Anybody. Okay? It's important to understand in this verse the tense. Okay? Because it's in the perfect tense, and that means it happened in the past but continues into the future. When I was in college, they taught us like this. Spot in the past, that's salvation, and it continues into the future and never stops. This process right here is learning how to be a saint, right? So your salvation happens, and the whole rest of your life is about learning this and how to walk in who Jesus is because you're a saint. Joel always used to say that about my wife. My mother's a saint. He wasn't wrong. What do you know? Right? Now, this is also in the passive mood, which means it was something that God did, and we cannot do it ourselves. Hegiazo, right? In the Greek word, it's God continually, always, forever, sowing into your life, no matter what, because you're a saint. You are now, like I said all the time, uh, you're in the family. There ain't no getting out, right? The only way you get out is going to glory. The only way, right? That's because we are called to be saints, right? And And literally in this verse where he says we're called to be saints, Literally, in the Greek language, it's called saints. That word called means to, inv- to be invited or be appointed, right? Like at a banquet. You ever walk in someplace where you RSVP'd, and you walk in, and you got your little seat, got your little card, got your name on it? It's like, here I am. I've been called and appointed to sit right here and eat too much. <laughs> That's called, right? And, and in the... In the Greek language, it's, it's important to understand that it's kletos hegiazo. We are called to be saints. It's like having a, a giant shove in the back. It's like, Javier, you're a saint. There ain't no going back. There ain't no looking up, down, east, west, nowhere. You can't even get away from it because it's who you are. It's your identity. So if we're going to be and have our identity... As a saint, we're going to start producing these things. Let's look at a few of Paul's letters 
right? Wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. Romans chapter 1, verse 7. To all who are in Rome, beloved of God, called to be saints. The Ro- he had never even been to that church. And he's calling them saints because they were in Christ. Paul's second letter, 2 Corinthians chapter 1, 1 and 2. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God, and Timothy, our brother to the church of God, which is at Corinth, Corinth with all the saints who are in Acacia. Saints, right? Philippians chapter 1, 1 and 2. Paul and Timothy, bondservants of Jesus Christ to all the saints in Christ Jesus who are in Philippi. Church in in Ephesus, Ephesians chapter 1, 1 and 2. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God to the saints who are in Ephesus, right? Colossians, Paul, an apostle of, of Jesus Christ by the will of God and Timothy, our brother. He's got Timothy with him all the time. To the saints and faithful brethren in Christ who are in Colossae. So Pastor Dan, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, and Pastor Michelle, my wife, to the saints and faithful brethren at the Bridge Church. God bless you. That's how this works. You are a saint. You produce saintly things. Your reality is you are a saint. That's you. That's who you are. Let this verse wash over you, right? Listen to this in Colossians, right? Chapter 1, verse 21 and 22. Listen carefully. And you who were once alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works. That's the dead guy, right? That's the dead guy. Yet now. Last couple weeks ago, we were talking about the but gods in the Bible. Yet now, same thing. He has reconciled in the body of his flesh through death. Listen carefully. It's your refrigerator verse of the day. Write this on your mirror in your bathroom. To present you holy and blameless and above reproach in his sight. That, my friends, is who you are. That is your identity. And if I had to define the word saint, I would say holy and blameless and above reproach in his sight. That is number three on your handout. We are holy and blameless, above reproach in his sight. Saints. It's who we are. And we ain't even in New Orleans. Okay? Right? Saint who sometimes sins. Right? A saint who sometimes sins is set free to live a different kind of life. That's us. Amen. We're supposed to be different. It's supposed to be peculiar. It's supposed to be weird. Right? Amen. So if people call you weird, they're right in the wheelhouse. They know. Mm-hmm. Right? Let me finish with this story. <laughs> Let me finish with this story. There's a king over a kingdom. Okay? Yeah. You with me? Yeah. King. King writes an edict, right? A rule, constitution. And he pardons every prostitute in the kingdom. Everyone. And and they're like, hey, I am free to be who I am. Now, what what would help the prostitute to stop prostituting just because she was pardoned of who she is? Right? Probably nothing. 
So he would probably go right back to it. So the king, he writes another edict, and he says this in the new one. He says, not only is your past forgiven, but I'm going to forgive your, pardon, your present and your future, right? So all the lady of the evening stuff that you've done up to this point, even today and even tomorrow is pardoned. You are free. And all the ladies of the night went, amen, pastor. I want anybody. That's good. So what in her life, though, in the prostitute's life, all these girls who've been pardoned, what is their motivation for change? There isn't any. There isn't any, right? Okay. There is no motivation to change, even though they've been pardoned from their past, their present, and their future. All their wicked ways have been cleaned up. But there is still no motivation for change. Then the king shows up, and he walks up, and he says, won't you be my wife? So now the sinner who's had their past, present, and future forgiven has no motivation to change until the king makes her his wife. Her identity has now changed from a lady of the evening or a prostitute to a queen. Her identity has changed because she has been pardoned past, present, and future. And if she went back and, and, and went back to the previous behavior that she was doing, it's unbefitting for a queen to act like that. That's motivation for change because she has realized that her nature and her identity has changed. It would be absolute insanity for her to go back to prostituting as a queen. That would be like a, a Jewish rabbi trekking to Mecca to pray, right? That would be insanity. Or a Muslim guy praying at the Wailing Wall. That would be nuts, absolute insanity. And not only that, it's illegal. You'd probably die, right? It's absolute insanity. It's like a, a Dodger fan cheering for the Giants, right? Absolute <laughs> insanity. It's crazy. So here's your motivation to change. Your identity and your nature is no longer a sinner. You're a saint. You're a king and a priest, holy, righteous, undefiled, clean, pure. All those things are who you are. So to go back to the filthy trough like the prodigal son in Luke 15, that's not your nature. Your nature is, is pure and clean, not garbage, trash, heap, live in the gutter. Does that make sense? Yeah. Right? Don't deal with trashy things. You can live above and not below and, and live the overcoming life because you have been purchased. Right? We talked about all those things. You are not temporarily nuts. You are a, a sinner who sometimes, or <laughs> a saint who sometimes sins. That's it. Let's all stand together.
bow our heads and close our eyes. Father, in the name above every name, Jesus, we love you, Lord. Father, we thank you that you are Lord of our lives. Father, that you purchase us by your obedience, Jesus. We are made clean. We are pure. We are righteous. We are saints, God. Father, we thank you and we lift our hands in submission and worship to you. And we thank you, Lord, that you are God, you are king over our lives. Bless you, Lord. Bless you, Lord. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Nobody looking around in this place today. If you're in this place today and you can say, I haven't given Jesus my whole heart, everything. You haven't had the identity change. You haven't had the nature change in your heart. I just want you to stick your hand up high where I can see it. Anybody, anywhere? Anybody, anywhere? If you're not, if you're in this place today and you need prayer, you have a prayer uh, request, you want somebody to come pray with you, we can do that. Stick your hand up high. Somebody will be right there beside you in 30 seconds. Thank you. I saw your hand. Praise you, Lord. Anybody else? Anybody? Anywhere? Now's your time. You got a job issue, a family issue, a money issue, an issue issue. It doesn't matter. We want to pray. This is the atmosphere that change happens. God is in this place. Anybody? Anywhere? Hallelujah. Father, we thank you. We honor you. We worship you today. Father, you are a blessing to us. Father, we worship you to bless you back. Father, we thank you for what's happened today, for those who have been set free, for those who had an identity change in this place, that their nature is new, and that, Lord, they will walk with you for the rest of their life. Thank you, Lord. We bless you today. In Jesus' name. Everybody said, amen. God bless you. Hey, once again, thanks for listening. If you live in the South Jordan, West Jordan, Harriman, or Riverton area, we would love for you to engage with us at one of our weekend gatherings. Because of the recent events with COVID-19, we are meeting in Harriman temporarily until our new building is ready. For directions, service times, and information about our fabulous children and student environments, head over to thebridgelive.org or you can email info at thebridgelive.org or simply text 801-391-6969.